Hello and welcome to the Untitled Film Project Podcast with Jeremy K. Gover, Justin Bradford, and myself, Jim Chandler. Today, it's Cocaine Bear. An odd group of drug dealers, hikers, environmentalists, park rangers, and lost children find themselves in a fight for their lives with a bear on a cocaine rampage. There's something wrong with it. Yeah, I told you there was. Why is it acting like this? Did you feed it cocaine? We'll talk cocaine bear and the big question. The big question, which fits so perfectly with this film. Your favorite Muppet movie. Can you imagine Muppets on cocaine? (laughs) Actually, I I did. I actually probably can, actually. I I did because I just changed my mind on my favorite Muppet movie last night. Oh, this is a great question question for you. This is actually, yeah, very, very timely for me. But really, imagine Dr. Teeth and Electric Mayhem on cocaine instead of marijuana. Yeah. And I actually went Sesame Street in my head. I'm like, Snuffleupagus, he may already be like... He's already ready. A cra- He's a crack dream already. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, let's get into Cocaine Bear. Initial takes, Justin Bradford. I'm in a packed theater. It's sold out. Every seat is taken in my theater, which bodes well because this is one of those movies to where there's potential for it to be hilariously awful hilariously good just a fun time there's lots of potential for this movie to have that cult classic type of feel to it oh yeah with the marketing behind it every there's a fun co-pop for the cocaine bear all this stuff that with the kentucky theater doing all these different fun things for it as well plus it takes place in our area of the country we're based out of nashville but east tennessee just down and the northern georgia eastern kentucky all kind of take place where, where the film is so there's a lot of potential for this and so I, I go in expecting to laugh, but also be grossed out a little bit. And that did happen. Uh, I, I wanted to laugh a little more. I was expecting a little more comedy throughout the film. And I got plenty of it. There were some laugh out loud moments where the audience really enjoyed it. But then there were some gory moments as well. I wanted more hilarious gore, if that makes any sense. Uh, yeah, I get hilarious it. gore. Not gore for the sake of gore, but I wanted some more hilarious deaths. More than anything else. There were a few great moments of that, but I wanted just a a little bit more to really send it over the edge because I figured this is the movie that has to be completely insanely ridiculous for it to really prove its point, what it was trying to accomplish. And It it demanded it. It demanded it, and it kind of got there. There were points where I really thought it was doing well. The first act, although they had to set it up, was a little slow. I enjoyed the second act way more, and I thought there were just some some good fun moments. I'm glad they didn't kill the kids because that just would have been... Brutally awful. You can't put that past a movie like this either. You, you, you can't. You can't. I'm glad. I was glad to see Carrie Russell as as the lead mm. in this. And yeah, I just I wanted a little bit more to keep it brief, more brief and short. I wanted a little more hilarious death to it. Overall, I think it was a great for a one watch. I'm not going to watch it again. It's not too memorable. That more than anything, the marketing's memorable. The poster's memorable. Some some of the deaths are a little memorable, but it's not a movie I'm going to go watch again or tell people you just absolutely have to see this movie. I think if it's curious, if you're curious about the film a little bit, yeah, go watch it, but it's not going to break anything for you. This is Jim, and I went into the movie really kind of excited because I love when you have the title of a movie that is also the premise of the movie, okay, <laughs> i.e., Snakes on a plane. Oh yes, you know what I mean. If you can write it right. on a cocktail napkin and everybody understands, it's. I think you've got something fun on your hands. So that's what. It, so cocaine bear. What do you got? You got cocaine and a bear, and fun ensues, right? So I was actually <laughs> for thinking some people, fun. The same would be uh, that this would be a much funnier movie than it was. 
I think they marketed it that way, and at least virally they marketed it that way. It leaned into the comedy sometimes. Was it funny sometimes? Yeah. But it kind of was a little bit, it tried to be a little bit of a Save the Kids movie, a little <laughs> bit of a, you know, this kind of movie, thriller, suspense, you know, horror, all those different things. So to me, it was a little, uh, it, it kind of missed the mark that I thought they were setting it up for. Jeremy Gober, what'd you think? Initial take. If somebody said it, someone said, hey, what is Cocaine Bear? Is it an action movie? Is it a horror movie? Is it like, what is it, right? My answer to them would be, it is a horror comedy that doesn't deliver consistent enough comedy to be a comedy when it should have. From the very beginning, you had all these things just teed up for laughs and ridiculousness. And for the most part, it hit a lot of those, but it wasn't consistent enough like a comedy. If they built this like a comedy like a true comedy, and they have these horror elements in it. Yeah. The guy's leg gets eaten off, and then, this, you know, yep. then I think it would have gone over a lot better. I would have appreciated it a lot more. But instead, it kind of conflicted. It was like, we want to be this ridiculous horror movie. We don't take ourselves too seriously, but it's definitely horror. But then we also want it to be a comedy. But then it kind of ended up being like a really bad soup like, it was, like, it wasn't even like, like why why are these things don't go together yeah why it was like oh a, gosh gover soup had condiments in it yeah well there's that it was like it was like clam chowder and then instead of like a garnish it was like twinkies yeah it's just two things that you know twinkies are fine by themselves soup is fine by themselves together not so good so that was my really bad analogy. If you had your bingo money on yeah. clam chowder and Twinkies in a cocaine bear review, congratulations! You might have actually had that because it is cocaine bear. Exactly. Uh, all right, shall we climb higher it, up into the trees about cocaine bear? Bears don't climb trees. Yes, they yes, do. All right, let's uh, let's talk about the director uh, Elizabeth Banks, who has uh, a couple of movies uh, under her belt. She has one of the uh, later Pitch Perfect movies. She did Charlie's Angels a couple of years ago, and she has firmly put her stamp on this film. In fact, if you watch the first sixty seconds of the film rolling, like she makes sure you know this is an Elizabeth Banks film. For which, like, hey, good for her. I'm yeah. glad she's yep. uh, making her mark as a director. Uh, this movie uh, seems to be indicative of some of the other movies she's made, which is, I think, just what Jeremy was talking about. It didn't know what it wanted to be. So it was kind of a buckshot approach. Like, there's going to be some comedy, and we're going to throw some, you know, stunts and some gore in there, and we're going to throw some kids, and, you know. There was just so much stuff going on. It was. It seemed to be a master of none. But uh, oh, that's a better way but to put it. it's going to accomplish its goal of making money. Yes, because the budget for it was between thirty and thirty-five million, and it's got to have already made that twenty-three point three domestic. Yeah, box yeah. office opening weekend, so it's going to make it. So, in terms of serving an audience, it's uh, serving its purpose. That doesn't have to be the best. Doesn't have to be amazing. Dumber people are going to enjoy it more. What? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, uh, seriously, no, Bradford always says that I throw it right out there. He just threw he it just right, threw out out there. right out there. Right, less intelligent people are going to enjoy this movie more. Or, or I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna temper <laughs> that a little bit. I'm gonna say people who like to turn the mind off. No, 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 no. no okay. You have to be a little smart to turn right, your mind I get off. You doubled on it. No, you Jim have, is trying to help you out here. I don't need anybody to help me out. 
I don't even have, because, think about it. I'm trying to take the shovel out of your if hands. If you have to as be, you dig yourself deeper and deeper. What kind of hole do I really care if some dumb person is going to try to make an argument with me? Okay, well, that's true. He you, is an elitist. You, <laughs> and you've actually made a. You're great calling argument. me the elitist. We have Jim sitting right here. I know. I know. Usually, I'm the elitist. But I, I love what you did here because uh, by by calling out dumb people, anybody who complains <laughs> labels labels themselves a dumb person by complaining. Well. Uh, so I got the label uh, maker and so just your master put it right on there. Good. No, well but done. Because of the way we just discussed this, we expected more out of yeah. it, and I think a lot of audiences will. I mean, we're looking at IMDb; it's a six point five, which is fair. That's a fair score. That's not really good. It's not really awful. It's just yeah, it's a movie, and it's fair, and it kind of accomplishes goal. But there's a lot, a lot to be wanted out of this because the the movie fell flat in terms of all the hilarity that could have ensued. And I think, just like what we've all been saying already, it didn't know what it wanted to identify as yeah. in this film because there were moments to where, like, are we supposed to be cheering for the bear? Are we supposed to be cheering for the kids? Are we supposed to be cheering for the cocaine? What are we supposed to be cheering Am for? Am I cheering for the son of the drug dealer who's right. trying to change his life or am i supposed to care about the park ranger or the teenager that does get away and survives who i kind of grew to like a lot so like what, who are we cheering who's supposed to be the protagonist in this and, film yeah i i think if you look at any successful movie or even a tv sitcom uh, the formula usually is for, for very successful movies for the most part uh, one somewhat normal person that you can root for and identify with surrounded by crazy. And this movie did not have, it just had a crazy coming from each direction. The detective that drove all the way from Missouri right, to East Tennessee. In record time, by the way. But that's yeah. the In record there. time, because that would be what, an eight hour trip? Probably closer to nine. Yeah. 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 Okay. I've made that so, drive to St. Louis. Nashville <laughs> so was about five. He pulls so up to the ranger station at the park. There's other vehicles there. Yes, there's a sign that says station closed. But there's also remnants of a broken window. And he just bypasses that and goes on a hike. And like he didn't even think to just look to see if someone was around with all those vehicles sitting and there. And there was a blood-covered window. Nothing? Is it, He's a detective. <laughs> Not just, you know, okay. a beat cop. But he's a detective. <laughs> they made sure that he's a detective. And he missed that detail. I know it's part of the story, but come on. He could have been involved in some other way to have the bear attack him as well instead of ending up on the top of a freaking pavilion. Here's <laughs> why I say it wasn't consistent enough. That is a great opportunity to where he could have looked and been like, something feels off, and then made a right turn towards the hike, and then all that is taken care of. And the audience is like, it's funny. Joke like, missed. Yes. And so it's things like that. Yeah. That there's little things with one line of dialogue or one sort of situation or a look, kind of a- Address then skip. And then it's taken care of. The yeah. box is checked. Everyone feels like, okay. And then it's, it's, it provides another laugh right in the middle of a six to seven minute marathon of no laughing. These are the things that I'm talking about with Cocaine Bear. If it leaned into the comedy aspect and really brought in a comedy writer for this mm-hmm. and made it horror, that's fine. Keep everything horrific about it. You and can you're, do that You're too. fine. You got entrails at the end. You've mm-hmm. got, I mean, you got legs popping off I mean, you got wrist I mean, you got all kinds of stuff feet dropping from trees you got you got yeah. ambulances running into tree yeah trees and ejecting the driver yeah i mean you got everything leave it all in there as is but if you bring a comedy writer in here to put laughs in the middle of all those there moments so where there isn't or windows where there isn't all of a sudden it's a completely different movie i agree yeah 
Like Jesse Tyler Ferguson, too, also kind of embodied what I think one of my problems with this uh, film is, is it felt like it was SNL skit funny. And it was acted okay. in SNL skit ways by being many of the characters. So it's right? like after the musical acted weekend update. Basically. Yeah, yeah. These are the yeah the stuff like right before the close of SNL that they <laughs> the dead yeah, spot if they, they need it. time. Yeah. <laughs> but nice. I do have the the most important question of this episode though. Oh, I can't Please. wait for this. Gover, what did you think of the two children? I thought Brooklyn <laughs> Prince as Dee Dee was solid. I wouldn't call her a home run, but I, you could definitely do worse. Ooh. And I would say that Christian Convery as Henry was much better. He was. He had some good comedic time. He yes. was a lot better. And he had more screen time. He did. Uh, but he did. He, I'm glad he did. Because Dee Dee gets lost, obviously, if you don't know. So that, right. So he definitely... Yeah. Right. I didn't think Dee Dee was all that good, to tell you the truth. I came around on her. Yeah. But from the very first scene, the headphones, I was like, okay, I can I can buy it. And then after that, it was like, okay, you know, they could have got a better actor. And then I got in my own head because I knew what you guys were going to say. Like, oh, of course, he's slaughtering the child children actors. He hates the child actors. Right. But by, <laughs> slaughtering. But by the time, then, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but by the time she was in the cave and her mom found her, yes. I was, she, for some reason, for the, re- the rest of the film, I-, I was fine with her. I didn't have a problem with her after that. Okay. I think so, the way they set up to find her actually helped me like the character better because the character, yeah. at least as a child, was intelligent enough to leave a trail. Right. Which was awesome. Made a way to, really for her cool. mom to find her, was, showing yeah. there was intelligence from the child yeah. and everything there. Okay, another question I want to pose to you guys then. Favorite death? Great question. Because I, wow. I do love me some crazy deaths. As we've, as we've uh, yeah. about on this All right, show. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the one death that made me laugh. And I'm, you know, I felt bad for doing it. <laughs> okay. But, uh, you know, Margot Martindale as the, uh, you know, park ranger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's in the door, you know, pointing the gun out the doorway and trying to shoot the bear and hits one of the three punks. That was awesome. Oh, I laughed. Shockingly funny. There yeah. was a lot of laughter in my theater for that as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gover, yours? Yeah, I'm going to have to say Jesse Tyler Ferguson's character in the tree. <laughs> oh, God. Because he, he falls after the fact. Yes. Like, it's just that kind of, there's like no score. For like, there's community timing there built in. Again, these are the moments. Why can't it be like that the rest of the film? I don't <laughs> right. understand. I'm obviously very bent out of shape about this. Because mm-hmm. it's what it could have been. I know. It could have been so It's like your awesome. frustrations that you guys had with violent, especially Gover had a violent night. There, there's yeah. potential. Yes. There, there's, there's potential for There's a lot of you. similarities. Yes, for sure. Whereas I was, I was okay with it. You still wanted more to yeah. really lean into it. So, yeah. It's... But these movies, they do have potential. Like, they could be fun and memorable because right. it's like, okay, you know what? I want to watch it again because it's hilariously awful or hilariously sure. really fun or something like that. For me... Justin Bradford, what was your favorite death? My, my whole The whole scene with the ambulance trying to, like, okay. get yep. GTFO. The bear's chasing it, and then all of a sudden all three of them are just gone because you have Ranger Liz... She <laughs> falls out flat yeah. on her face. The face plant was funny. The face plant yeah. was really funny. Was and then good. at the very end, they're like, don't look at that. Just don't. <laughs> As they're oh, walking yeah. away nope. from it. Nope. And the Kid police are showing nope. up. Uh, so, yeah, the, the EMTs and Ranger Liz, that whole ambulance chase scene. I was like, this is what I want more of because it is absolutely ridiculous that a bear hopped up on cocaine is catching up and chasing an ambulance. And they can't close the door. And she's trying to shoot it. Through the door again, and I'm like, oh, they're not going to repeat a death by shooting the guy in the head, right? But like, that's what I wanted more of. That's the ridiculousness yeah. that I wanted more of out of this movie because it's like we already know the bear CGI, which I think they did a pretty decent job given yeah. the budget with yeah. the bear CGI. But I wanted more ridiculousness. Like, here's your opportunity to be absolutely ridiculous, like stupid with the stupid ridiculous to make people me- remember it, and they didn't. 
One of the things I wanted to draw attention to was uh, this movie was marketed marvelously. Okay, they did a really great job, just like they did with Snakes on a Plane years ago. Ahead of time, they got kind of sells itself, though, Jim. It does, but what they did with it was quite good. Yes, that's true. And I'm going to give you an example. Uh, and I did not know this uh, when I went to go see the movie, but before it, I had been seeing this really funny review on TikTok and on Twitter. And this guy goes like crazy. He's like, you don't have to know anything. It's a cocaine. It's a bear. It, it, it like makes me laugh, right? Here's what you need to know before you see cocaine bear. Nothing. You don't need to read a comic book from 1978. The bear wasn't introduced at the end of the Eternals. If you've ever heard the words cocaine or bear before, you're completely up to speed. I go to see the movie and that EMT is that guy doing that review, Scott Seiss. Interesting. <laughs> He's the man who went viral doing uh, a silly review of the movie, and he was one of the players. So I was like, uh-huh. well done. So scores, everybody? Let's score this out. How are we scoring Cocaine Bear? <laughs> How are we doing this? Let's go with Jim. Let's go with you first. Wow. I always well, pick on Bradford, so I forget. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I really was caught up in the excitement for Cocaine Bear, okay? <laughs> I had Cocaine Bear fever, okay? Interesting. I was high on this movie. All right, we're just going to clip just that, and we're going to submit. <laughs> <laughs> Send it to the authorities. I was taking out a contact. <laughs> I uh, was really excited, and I really wanted it to be funny, and that's how I think it was sold to me. I think those opportunities were missed. Like we talked about, the movie that really didn't know what it wanted to be and needed to be polished, I think needed a director that had maybe a better 50,000-foot view of how to put this movie together. I was I was disappointed. Uh, I left the movie going, mm, I'm really sorry that I brought some people with me. Uh, so oh. I give Cocaine Bear 2.5, and it's not because it's a dumb Cocaine Bear movie. It's because they didn't make the movie they could have. Justin Bradford, how did you cope? <laughs> how did I cocaine? How did you cope with how did, Cocaine Bear? How did I cocaine? How did you cope with Cocaine Bear? Yeah. How do you score this Cocaine Bear film? <laughs> it was kind of funny earlier on in the film where I just noticed the score. And there was actually a kind of a pretty score going on. I'm going, this is interesting how they have some beautiful string music playing in this. <laughs> mm-hmm. I had to go and look and see who did the score. And it's Mark Mothersbaugh, who we haven't really heard much of, but he's also scored things like Thor Ragnarok, <laughs> Mitchell's versus the Machines, and a few other ones. So that, when, that's a pretty good resume. That's a pretty yeah, yeah. that's a pretty decent resume, plus so many different other ones. He's worked on so many smaller projects. Just, I just wanted to throw it out there because it's like in this movie that had so much potential, they still get a composer that is composed for some pretty decent films. Uh, other than that, I was disappointed in, in so many other facets of this movie to where I just wanted more. I enjoyed my time there. I didn't leave the theater super disappointed or mad about what I experienced or felt like it was a waste of time like I have for some other films, and everybody's gone through those types of emotions. Yeah. I just wanted more. I left it going. There was so much potential for, like as Gover said before, comedy so much potential for 
more gruesome deaths. There was so much potential for it to be a really big comedy horror film. I don't know, maybe there could have been budget restraints. Who knows what Elizabeth Banks had to work with here as well. But with all those shortcomings, I'm giving it a 5.5. Because I still, overall, there are some moments that gave it enough for me to enjoy parts of it. But obviously still be very disappointed in what it could have been. Just a little bit over mediocre. Very little bit okay. over mediocre. All right. Jeremy K. Gover, score cocaine bear. Okay. It's more of a where to start. Carrie <laughs> um, <laughs> Russell, Mission Impossible, The Americans, Felicity, Star Wars, on and on and on. She's, she's she can great. recover from a movie like this. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Okay. She's just easily. Fine. Yeah. She's good. O'Shea Jackson Jr., who I really like. Mm-hmm. He played Ice Cube, of course, in Straight Outta Straight Compton. Outta Compton yep. He was in the Kenobi series, and he did great with his first kind of like real acting role, not mm-hmm. a role that like his dad. And he was good in this. But why would you accept the script? Why would the script comes across your table? Would you be like, yeah, I'm going to do that? I just don't. I don't understand the why there. Again, Carrie Russell can recover. I'm not saying he can't. It's a li- he's a little more dangerous territory. Sure. Okay. That's my first note. My second note is, as I said, we said before, we said it ad nauseum, this is supposed to be a comedy in the sense that if they leaned into the comedy more, had more consistent laughs throughout, it could have been something special. So it makes me think, like, what happens if Tina Fey punches this up? This or movie if, goes up three points. Or Todd Phillips takes a crack at it. Sure. Or if Adam McKay, like, there, there are some great comedy writers. They don't have to write it. Give them the script as is and let them punch it up. Oh, I, I, you, and it would have been the words right out of my mouth. I, I was I was actually in the theater going, oh, somebody should have punched up this script. Yes, yes, I, I, that that is its biggest miss opportunity for me. It would have it would have rescued this film, in my opinion. Three There's your scores for Cocaine Bear. Next up, the big question. The big question that, again, pairs perfectly with this. Perfectly. Like a, like a fine wine and cheese. Mm, yes. Do those things go together? I actually don't know. White wine and seafood. Did you say fine wine and cheese? Yeah, that's what I said. Yes, they go together. Okay, Have yeah. you been to a restaurant? <laughs> I don't drink, dude. And it I don't order matter cheese if you drink in a restaurant it's unless pop it's on culture. nachos. It's or... pop culture where the wine and cheese go together. He, he does go to Ruth's Sorry, Chris. Sorry, Mr. Burger, plain, no ketchup. He gets no the ketchup. chicken fingers at Ruth's Chris. <laughs> Golly. Get the mozzarella sticks at the He's going to go to like the best chicken place and ask for chicken fries. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Our big question. Your favorite Muppet movie. What is it? There's plenty to choose from. There are some that I believe are elite compared to others. There are ones where they're obviously interacting great with human characters. Mm-hmm. So I pose to you, what's your, what is your favorite Muppet movie? Jim, I want to start with you. Well, this is really timely because my answer changed within the last 24 hours. One of the things I've talked to you guys about, uh, you know, when we're not recording is that uh, my family gets together on movie night Mondays. You know, my kids come over, my daughter brings her her boyfriend, and like we all just, we watch a movie. Nobody knows what the movie is going to be. It's somebody's turn each week, and you don't know until it starts. So last night, I didn't even know the film was made. I watched, I I seriously did not know this movie was made in 2014. I did not see The Muppets Most Wanted. And I was blown away. That movie is fabulous. From the, the, I love the first Muppet movie. And I liked a lot of the movies along the way. Christmas Carol is very special to me, Muppet Christmas Carol. But 
never has the Muppets been given so many good actors, great writing, fantastic mu- musical numbers. It was perfectly meta in so many ways. Uh, Muppets Most Wanted, starring um, oh, so many people, Tina Fey and Ricky Gervais, and so just it was just marvelous. So yeah, I was I was so taken with that movie. I'm like, this is finally what the Muppets deserve, and they got it. So there's my favorite Muppet movie. And I think Moments Most Wanted was very timely in terms of the production, the way it was captured as well, the way it was done as a film, fit perfectly with what the popular TV shows were yeah. around that time as well. Because this is when they had their, their Office-style series was coming out. They are trying to really reinvigorate the Muppets after Muppet Movie, or The Muppets, sorry, came out yeah. with Jason Siegel. All right, Mr. Gover. I honestly thought Jim would pick one of the old original I thought he was going to go that movies. way too. Simply, and this is not an age joke. Simply based on no, real. I'm being serious. It's not. And that's an age joke, right no, there. No, no, no. No, I'm, I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be real. I'm your perspective. Sure. Of like you know, I have. Uh, I probably have a closer tie to when the Muppet Show was on. Yes, TV. that's my point. Yeah, yes, you're right. You. Yeah, and and I remember it as a kid. I remember I loved the Muppet Show. The reruns of the Muppet Show. I have a couple. I think the first couple seasons on DVD. Which mm-hmm. some of those are a little bit risque right now. But even Muppets Most Wanted. Yeah. Had some <laughs> things in it that I thought today's culture uh, would not just, tolerate. Yeah, I mean, we're talking nine years after it was made. Yeah, probably would catch some heat. So you can imagine, if you don't know what I'm talking about, that the Muppet Show original in the 70s and 80s would not fly today. Nope. You can no. imagine. You can you can put connect those dots, if you will. But I loved that show growing up. That led me to the Muppet movies. I believe Muppets from Space is a is a very underrated film. Is it the best Muppet film? No. It might even be on the bottom of the ranking totem pole. But it's hilarious. It's your I favorite. love that one. So my favorite is actually the Muppets. So the one before, the the, the prequel, Jason if you Se- will. Seagull. Yes, of the Muppets Most Wanted. Yeah. It, it's That's so it, good. It struck me at a perfect time in life. I was a new dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, so it was, I could watch it with my kids. He was two and a half, I think, when it came out. I've, again, I've always loved the Muppets. It, it struck that nostalgia chord, and it was just plain funny. And the music, I bought the soundtrack the next mm-hmm. day because it's. So, and I'm not really a show tunes guy, but there's so many different songs in there that I'm, I, I will listen to on a drop of a hat. The Muppets from 2011 or 2012, whatever year it was, uh, early 2000. Knots. Is it the knots? That's not the knots. The oh, knots is zeros, right? I just need you to stop. Okay. Well, right. <laughs> <laughs> I, haven't taken, I haven't taken my medication today, in case you're wondering. My experience watching the Muppets, which I absolutely love, and also made 165 million in the box office, yeah. was I was single, so I didn't have a son, and I went to the theater you midday be on a. a son. Well, I didn't have a son. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Midday on a Sunday, and it was cold out, I believe, and I was wearing a trench coat, and I was the only single person there because everyone else was there with children. So oh. It felt very creepy. That's, yeah. uh, that's not good. Yeah. That's Did you step out of your windowless van to get it th- to get into the theater? <laughs> you mean the van that says free candy on the windows? <laughs> yes. That's the one. That one, yes. That is the one. And then I was trying to you know, buy candy for children as they were entering the theater, too. Yes. Yeah, just, just so it didn't look weird. You want some Skittles? <laughs> That came all too naturally to you. <laughs> you Follow me out. if you want to taste the rainbow. Okay, okay. that's enough. Yeah, that- <laughs> You told me to stop. <laughs> Holy crap. I had jokes to make. <laughs> <laughs> waka waka. <laughs> 
mine would be the Muppets if it weren't for the Muppet Christmas Carol. It's a mm. great pick. The Muppet Christmas Carol, to me, is one of the best adaptations of A Christmas Carol as well. I I can't disagree. Because they follow the source material actually very, very well in terms of telling the story. Better than a lot of the serious films. Better than a lot of them because they actually cover so much of what you see from the source material. But it was, it's not that. It's that they have Michael freaking Caine yes. <laughs> as the lead human in this movie. And he is the only human, <laughs> really, mm-hmm. that is the lead like that you really just gravitate towards. And he is interacting with the Muppets throughout this entire film and is beautifully done. Sam the Eagle, with <laughs> just his brief moment on screen is absolutely <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> his interactions. Yeah, I mean, Sam the Eagle is one of those characters that doesn't get a lot of lines until Muppets Most Wanted, and he gets mm-hmm. a storyline, which never happened before. Right. But mm-hmm. he's like Creed in The Office. He <laughs> right. only gets a line like every other episode, but it's great. Perfect. But it's perfect. It is great. So one of the most well-done Muppet movies, one of the most well-done Christmas movies as well is the Muppet Christmas Carol. I absolutely love it. I love that it was Brian Henson was the director of it. Um because of everything that happened just before this movie came out with Jim Henson passing and everything too. So to be able to move on and make this movie and make a fantastic Christmas movie that is my favorite Christmas movie like this. That is my favorite overall. I just I can't not love it. And plus is one of my favorite lines from a Muppet movie, which is light the lamp, not the rat. <laughs> I love when Gonzo has a sidekick character because they always do it so well with their interactions and the the jokes just write themselves. So Muppet Christmas Carol, my number one. You've been listening to the Untitled Film Project podcast. We've talked about Cocaine Bear. What did you think? We would love to hear your thoughts. Are we out of our minds? Are we are we high <laughs> on our takes? Uh, are, uh, did, did we totally miss something that you found fantastic about the movie? Or were we too generous? Make sure you follow us on social media. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Interact with us. Ask us questions. If you have a topic you'd like us to discuss, whether it's something from days past or in the future that you want us to discuss, we want to know about it because we have opinions and we want to make sure you hate us too. So make sure you (laughs) interact with us on social media and you can subscribe to us anywhere you get your podcast, whether it's iHeart, Apple, Spotify, wherever you want to. Subscribe, rate us. Tell Gover he sucks. Tell Jim he's an elitist. And tell me I'm your favorite. Thanks. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Untitled Film Project podcast. To support the show, please rate, review, follow, and subscribe. Original music by Jeremy Schwartz. Special thanks to the Music City Film Critics Association. Editing and post-production by Jeremy K. Gover. Voiceover by Chad Bennett. The Untitled Film Project podcast is presented in cooperation with iHeartRadio.